Over 100,000 restaurants have closed for good since the coronavirus shut down the world in March. For Chef Month 2020, we here at Tender Friends are raising funds for restaurants and restaurant workers affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. All money raised will go directly to the Restaurant Workers Community Relief Fund, which has raised over $7.5 million, with 50% of that going directly to the folks on the front lines, keeping our favorite restaurants up and running. To donate, please visit the link in our Instagram bio at TenderFriendsPod, or go directly to the GoFundMe by visiting gf.me slash u slash zaqp38. Again, that link is gf.me slash the letter u slash zaqp38. Any amount helps, and we appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy our conversations with some of our favorite chefs. And to the restaurant workers around the world, thank you and stay safe. Welcome to Tender Friends, the only podcast about chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. I'm Michael Walker. And I'm Eric Wilson. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. We never say happy Tuesday. Happy Tender Tuesday. Yeah, hey. Uh, and welcome to week two of Chef Month 2020, interviewing some of the best uh, food people in Los Angeles this month, uh, ending 2020 with on, on a good note, on a high note. Yeah. 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 That's, what we're, that's what we're here to do. Make you forget about everything that's happened, and then we're going to bring on the chefs to talk about what happened this year, which is everything that's happened. So, you know, it kind of works out. Um, we'll but we're very for a second and then remind yeah, you, right? right, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but we're very, very excited for this week's guest. Uh, week two chef uh, brings us fried chicken royalty. Um, and uh, she just opened up a restaurant here in Los Angeles. We reviewed it a couple weeks ago, Hot Bill Chicken. Please welcome to the show, Chef Kim Prince. Thank you for coming. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Thank you so much for being on. We're we're really excited to have you for several reasons. Um, one, you know, we want to talk about your success during the troubles of this past year, um, and kind of how you've navigated it and been able to, you know, stay afloat while so many restaurants are, especially new restaurants, are haven't been able to survive, and you seem to be doing well with that. So we want to hear about that. Uh, but we also we've done so much hot chicken on this show. And it's nice to have somebody who's, you know, who knows the true origins of the story and everything. Yeah. And comes from that lineage. So it's a little, a little bit of a full circle moment, you know? Yeah, we, it is. We do a lot of hot chicken here. And now we finally have uh, you, the member of the family themselves that created the chicken. Yeah. This, yeah. So this is a big oh. deal for us. So we're excited to talk about it all. So we're very happy that you were able to join us. Cool. cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invite and it's good to meet both of y'all um nashville hot chicken uh, some people called it oh it's just a food trend it's gonna come and go it's not gonna last long and i always said hey check the record it started in 1936 it's not going nowhere so yeah, <laughs> yeah. y'all just figured y'all just now hearing about it so you know yeah. welcome everybody I'm, I'm glad to be back in la um it's a lot of fun and has been not just on my mind to to do Nashville Hot Chicken in the Los Angeles area, but actually way back in the 80s, my father was one who actually did a couple like food festivals and he was doing Nashville Hot Chicken 
back in the early 80s in like Palmdale, Lancaster area. And, oh, wow. And, yeah, at church and school banquets and stuff like that. So he was a college, uh, he was a football coach and a track coach and stuff too. So uh, when we so lived in LA. Did you grow up in LA? I did not grow up in LA. I was actually born in Kaiser Hospital near Gardena. And okay. then parents moved us, my twin sister and I, and I had two older siblings. And let's see, all six of us were born by then. Yeah, so I was born, now I'm telling my age, I was born in the 70s. <laughs> in California. Um, and then my parents moved us back to Nashville area when I was about four or five years old. And that's why I claim Nashville, Tennessee is home because that's where I did all my rearing. I, you know, for sure. Sure. I, I did, we fished in the creek. We had a pond on our property. We had, we grown corn and, and greens and green beans and watermelons and apricot trees. Like we, we lived off the land out mm-hmm. there. And then we had the restaurant, Prince's Hot Chicken Shack, which was called the Barbecue Hot Chicken Shack at the time. So, um, that's that's what I know, and and that's like what I remember the most is because I was in the country, yeah, <laughs> out yeah, there, totally. just outside the city of Nashville. Have y'all ever been to Nashville before? I've been to Nashville. Yeah, actually, we both have. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's an experience, right? It, and it's yeah. truly different, truly different. Yeah, the jungle of Los Angeles. Uh, even sure. still, very very different right now, even though it's grown a lot. But I, I had a wonderful childhood, great upbringing, and you know, junior high school, going into high school before we came back to Tennessee, left Tennessee to come back to California. And I did college in California as well, up in the city of Fresno, which reminded me a lot about Nashville and kind of like the rural parts of uh, right mm-hmm. outside, you know, because uh, Fresno is a very it's surrounded by agriculture. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, albeit to most descent of cows on a dairy farm don't bother me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you're used to it for sure <laughs> yeah i was in fresno before uh, fresno state's campus really expanded it was surrounded by you know grapevines and other fields of you know just agriculture and i loved it so um a lot of dust up there but you know that's i'm, I'm a country girl at heart i always hold the state claim in that um it makes me who i am i'm, I'm a very rooted faith-filled individual and uh and i work hard and yeah. I, I learned from my family and uh and we're, we're all still thriving and doing pretty well here yeah so let's let's talk about your family then so okay. i want to first i mean we've had we've had johnny ray on the show we've had other people who who are big fans of national hot chicken we've done our research so we've seen you know a, a comp a, you know a combination of different stories and legends surrounding hot hot chicken um but you know it came from you know your ancestors so tell us about kind of where the story started and where it is now yeah absolutely thanks eric uh so the real deal is the prince family started nashville hot chicken nashville is the garden of eden when it comes to hot chicken that's his birthplace um my great great uncle Thornton and my great grandfather, who was one of his brothers, one of his younger brothers, Floyd Prince, uh, John Henry Prince, Will Prince, and Chef Alfonso Prince, who was called Uncle Fats. These gentlemen were all back in the 1930s, some born in the late 1800s, actually. They started the 
barbecue hot chicken shack business around 1936 in a home on Jefferson Avenue and 23rd Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. And so the barbecue hot chicken shack was born and it was in this little shotgun of a house in the Jim Crow South, segregated part of town. And so white patrons did indeed come through the back door because it was in the black neighborhood yeah. in Nashville time so when you're thinking about the 1930s you got the great depression going on at the same time this is just prior to world war ii uh, so you can imagine like all of these different factors in play in this little shotgun house and it's just pumping out all of this fried chicken and the words getting out and the scent is getting out and i've heard stories of how the chicken would permeate and go with you know more over a mile people could smell it and that's wow. how people would to it they outgrew that house and had to move the business up the street which is more like downtown nashville now where the state capital area is um that was ninth and cedar at the time that is now charlotte avenue uh, they moved again to 17th street in charlotte that was a bigger property in their first commercial space and the barbecue hot chicken shack really got going then and so by about 1954 the barbecue had chicken shack had really, really made its uh, stake in the ground in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, around the time that I came around, you could imagine all the decades that, decades that had already passed. My father was involved with the, the chicken shack uh, as a teenager, and he is now in his late 70s. Um, my Aunt Andre, who changed the name of the business in the 80s to Prince's Hot Chicken Shack, when she and, and the rest of the family acquired the business in the 1980s, we felt it was necessary to put our last name on it. So sure. Sure, yeah. old, old Nashville knows it as the barbecue, that's chicken shack. That's all we ever yeah. called it. Nobody really called it Prince's until more like 20, 20, uh, 2005, maybe. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so, it, it didn't have this name as Princess. It wasn't like really, oh, that we going to Princess, we going to Princess. Nobody really called it that until you know the two thousands. But before that, it was just a chicken shack. Uh, it was the only one. Mm -hmm. uh, other people, other others played around in the in Nashville hot game, but um, Nashville chicken, it is it, something. It's it's that type of entree that sits on a plate all by itself. It doesn't need any help. It's bread, two cheap pieces of bread, and some pickles on top. And it doesn't need a bunch of sides and helpings. and it, You just need something to, to wash your belly out, wash your tongue. <laughs> that's all you yeah. need. And, so, uh, and that's what Nashville Hot Chicken is. It's an experience. It's, it's a uh, that type of dish that hits the plate, and, and you make a date with it. You know, uh, And it's a full commitment, too, especially when you decide to go those hotter heat levels but that's how it started and then in the in the late 80s is when my dad and my father and my aunt andre they introduced different heat levels because it was only served one way oh okay so it was in the late 80s where they decided to go play with some additional peppers and so it was cayenne pepper being the main base for all heat levels and then they introduced new peppers to make it mild medium hot extra hot and the like so um the the flavor and the old recipe hasn't changed we just you know added the peppers to get you different degrees heat 
um, as I call it. If you had That's to guess, part has... what was the heat level of the original? Uh, the heat level of the original was an extreme mild, I'd call it, a really okay. strong mild. You know, they, they it used one pepper. Uh, that's it. it, it right. Was, which is cayenne as a base. But I, you know what? The, the, the trick is the process and how it's fried. Yeah. Nashville hot chicken has nothing to do with all these different variant, variances of heat and how hot can you make it, how hot can you. That's not Nashville hot chicken. Nashville hot chicken is how you fry it. And so... Uh, uh, I, I, I laugh at a lot of places that claim to be the hottest, and I was like, "That's you're missing the point." Yeah, <laughs> the point. yeah, yeah. Taking on the planet to where you're searing someone's taste buds and and ruining their their innards. Yeah, um, yeah. We 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 love to hear that, to be honest with you, because we're not a big fan <laughs> of the the hottest. You know, it's just like why we just don't we don't get it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't get it either. And I, I talk so many people off the ledge and then they're grateful at the end of the day. I want people to enjoy the experience, mm -hmm. but it's, a, it's, it's literally inner and outer body. I mean, people hallucinate people, you know, the, the sweat yeah. that forms immediately, yeah. uh, even if you be mild, your, your body just opens and it, it goes into like this, you know, shock for yeah. a moment. But, you know, I, I think that it's important for people to like, if you're going to put Nashville, and I know people have heard me say it many times, if you're going to put Nashville hot on your menu, you, you need to, like, it needs to earn the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's definitely one thing we flag every time we have any hot chicken is, is it just hot or is there flavor in the spice still? And, and uh -huh. it's definitely the places like you and, like, Cal and Ray's that where the flavor comes through, with the spice, that's like the perfect combo. Even right. even like even if you do go to the extreme unnecessary hotness, if the flavor is still coming through, okay. But a lot of places, yeah. exactly what you said, miss that mark. I feel like yeah, they just rely on the spice. They don't really care about how it tastes. Totally, it's almost like um, a gimmick for them. Yeah, it it is, and um, you know, I, I I wish them all. I wish those businesses the best, but I I think that they'll quickly learn that they got to dial it back to go back and engineer the recipe that they're yeah. working yeah. with and make sure that they are utilizing spices that make sense and not just dusting a bunch of peppery powder on top of someone's fried chicken just to see them you know go into convulsions yeah um, might end up, they might end up in a lawsuit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you know, we've people in the hospital that's not that's not the point yeah. How to the chicken uh, and do it the Nashville hot way. Um, then call it something else if you're going to do that. Yeah. So we've been in kitchens. We've, we've cooked our own chicken. Obviously, we're fans of that as well. Um, what, but you said something that no one else has really said about the preparation of the actual chicken being an important part of the, the hot Nashville chicken. So what can you speak to that without giving too much of your secrets away? Yeah, sure. I mean, the original way... Uh, it was all you know, big iron cast skillets. Mm -hmm. um, most most businesses uh, that do volume like like Hotville Chicken, Prince Hot Chicken in Nashville, and Howland Rays, we don't have time for skillets anymore. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while we do have them, I, I can't say that we do have a skillet, and we do have people who uh, so occasionally someone says, "I must have mine fried in a pan." I'm like, "Okay, are you willing to wait? Because mm -hmm. we can do that." Uh, it's, it's not encouraged because it takes up a lot of time uh, and, and, and attention. It needs constant attention. 
But um, one of the tips that I always share is to cook it low and slow. Low and slow meaning set the temperature to about 300. That's how low we cook ours, and which means it takes more time. It takes more time to cook fried chicken at 300 degrees because it's like maybe 25 to 30 minutes long for those pieces. Now, let's talk about pieces. That's the other piece of it. Nashville hot chicken is originally quarter piece cut with the bone in. Um, the quarter piece cut, meaning like all white meat, breast quarter with the wing attached to it. Uh, it's got the rib meat and the bone attached to it as well. The leg quarter dark is the drumstick and the thigh attached to it. And so that's something that I committed myself to make sure Hogville introduced people to Nashville hot chicken, the authentic way being our process and the authentic way of how the chicken is cut. I know that's not a tender to y'all, but uh, the <laughs> Oh, we'll talk tenders. Can. Yeah, I know y'all. LA likes tenders. I, I noticed yeah. that. And, um, in, in Nashville, when I would work at Prince's Hot Chicken Shack, um, you know, the tenders weren't a thing at all. And I'm talking yeah. like, uh, I, I left in 2013. And while we did tenders maybe one day a week, one day a week, we would do tenders. Um, it just wasn't a staple on the menu out there. Now, there's some that my phone's going to ring it off, of course, <laughs> but, uh, and that's, that's strictly because we are closed on Monday and people are trying to put, they want to get their orders in. So uh, <laughs> they finally gave up. Okay, so um, but tenders uh, on the menu just wasn't a thing, uh, but tenders cook fast. And so I get why um, it works at a lot of the natural hot chicken restaurants or the hot chicken restaurants, uh, particularly in the LA area. Uh, they're they're quick and they're easy. To, they're easy to they're kind of just like pop in your mouth. Or the you know you can hold them. You can wrap them in a piece of bread. My father liked to use tenders when he started doing them back in the 1980s at food festivals. He would do like party size wings and then yeah. little small tenders. Uh, or we call them cutlets, like a breast cutlet. Yeah. Um, and those were pretty popular. But even in Nashville now, I can say if you go to Princess Hot Chicken, it's not like people ask for the original thing. They want, you know, quarter white, quarter dark. Yeah. Most people call it. I mean, that's I mean. how I feel. I If I'm going to get hot chicken, I do not want tenders. And that's something that we talk about on the show that's all the time. It's like we do, we do Nashville hot places. And obviously like, you know, some are really good and some are not so good, but it's like every single time we order Nashville hot chicken on the show, there's like one, a little tear that goes down my face. Cause I have to order tenders and not the bone in chicken. <laughs> it's just like the way you eat Nashville hot. I don't know. I I'm with you. Like, I just don't, I, I just, I think I, I personally, I, I, I had not thought about the fact that you said that it's easier to cook a tender they cook faster uh that's yeah. really interesting because in my mind like in la everyone's just making tenders because they're too stupid to eat like they're just like too lazy to eat <laughs> bone-in chicken because eating bone-in chicken is messy and it's kind of hard and people i think i feel like people are like worried they don't get all the meat off the bone or whatever and they just want that tender but it's just like do the work it's a lot better to have a bone-in nashville hot chicken yeah yeah I no i will say Princes did put it on the menu, though. So is, is Hotville ever going to put them on the menu? Uh, you know what? The original Hotville menu had tenders on it. I, um, in 2016, when I started Hotville Chicken and I started doing pop-ups in downtown L.A., 
tenders and wings um, was what I offered. And then when I got into the actual brick and mortar pop-up location in Chinatown, um, we had commercial deep fryers that were in place. And so I did breast and legs, wings and tenders. And so, um, and when I got this particular, excuse me, when I got this particular location, um, I remember sitting with my business partner, Greg Doolin, who owns Doolin Soul Food. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Doolin Soul Food, but we, we talk chicken a lot between the two of us. And while we were going over the menu, I was looking at the number of fryers that I had. And I know that everybody kept thinking about, you need a sandwich, you need a sandwich, you need a sandwich. And I said, look, I'm, it has to be a trade-off because the fryer capacity that I have is limited. And just to do tenders, I literally had to dedicate a fryer just to tenders only. Yeah. Uh, separate one for fish, because our fish is really, really popular. And so separate one for fish, a separate one just for French fries by itself. And so, and then the other, the other fryers for legs and breasts. When I contemplated that, I said, you know what? If I'm going to do a sandwich, I'm not going to do tenders. It's either yeah. or. Hey. And that's when the Shaw chicken sandwich was born. Yeah. And uh, so in December 2019, we introduced a chicken sandwich called the Shaw after Crenshaw Boulevard. And I never considered doing tenders again. Every now and then I'll have tenders because I do catering. And with a lot of the schools um, that ask us to cater for some of the programs that they have, it's easier for young people to eat them that way. And we can yeah. kind of just bust them out. And so occasionally you'll see tenders on our menu because we have maybe some leftover and I'll throw, throw one in a box or something like that. But I don't plan on putting it on the menu as long as the shawl chicken sandwich exists. And the chicken sandwich is pretty much like 75% of my sales now. Yeah. All wow. I do is make chicken sandwiches around here. Chicken sandwiches so, and chandeliers is what I got going on. <laughs> so, so you're not, okay, so good. You're not anti-tender. I'm not anti-tender. I personally don't eat them myself, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with Michael. I'm a, I'm a bone-in type of girl when it comes down to Nashville Hot Chicken. Um, I'm not one to order tenders when I go to other places. I do order fried chicken, but I usually don't order tenders because I'm, I'm, I like bone-in, and I sure. particularly uh, have an affinity to want white meat so the breast core is something that i look for a regular breast and a wing um but tenders um tenders are fun uh they cook fast uh the the cut of the tender and the quality depending on where you source them from is really really important i've had some yeah. bad tenders <laughs> I've had oh some bad tenders. we have had plenty of bad tenders <laughs> yeah yeah i could i could start name dropping some places 75 percent of our sales are bad tenders so <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean you uh, shouldn't screw up a tender either the other really the other part that that uh concerns me with um just all things fried chicken is you know the, the life of the oil that you fry it in you know mm -hmm. there's there's so many different type of oils to fry in now uh back in the day it was, it was pig fat they, i mean yo you want some real good hot chicken you gotta we gotta get the lard out yeah, yeah. Cook, it yeah in, cook it in that good old solid brick box i mean it was it, as a kid it was in a box and they put it in a skillet all the chicken pieces are floured and they put that in the bottom of the seasoned skillet and then they put this big white chunk of lard on top 
and let it melt down into the chicken. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like in there melting and then you put the chicken in. No, they didn't do it that way. Old school way was you put the chicken in first and then you just let that melt That makes sense. It would take an hour plus to cook all that chicken in those skillets. As a kid, I mean, we just sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait. Oh, when that sucker came out of that, (laughs) they put that baby on a plate. It was something to behold. And it just, I mean, it like hit you in the face and it made your eyes burn just sitting near it. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it, you know, while it did stick to your fingers, it was like barbecue sauce on your fingers, but it wasn't. It was all the, 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 the pepper and the, and the flour mix that was on it and it would just fall off the bone. So, uh, ooh, that's making me salivate. <laughs> I don't know if you can get, I, can, I don't think you can get that, that type of, uh, experience or you know with, with yeah you gotta tender. do it at home now yeah I don't think a tender can to, can make you do that but yeah uh, yeah yeah maybe gonna start pulling your clothes off like ooh lord <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get your start and like decide that you wanted to go into the family footsteps and, and open up your own oh, chicken business right and why not right. and why not just stay at Prince's and, and work with the family yeah sure absolutely um. I, I still work with my family. I do very much still work with my family. Yeah, every time I get boots on the ground, as soon as that plane lands, the first place and the first stop is Princess Hot Chicken. And I'm usually in, get an apron on or I'm in the office. I'm, I'm cleaning, sweeping, doing something. Uh, and that's just what the Prince family does. Sure. A requirement. Uh, and when those family members fly here, they do the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. when they come to Hotville, uh, COVID is the only reason why I haven't seen a lot of those family members, uh, being my cousins and my Andre, uh, they haven't been able to make it out here because of COVID, but yeah. uh, my dad and my mom, they're here all the time. Uh, they were here, you know, since 2016, they would always come down and participate in my pop-ups and, you know, if they wasn't washing a dish or rinsing some chicken or, or, you know, marinating something, flouring it up, replacing, putting an order together or taking an order, um, they were washing dishes or something like that. So it's definitely a family, a family bonded type of business. And it's something that everybody feels that they have responsibility to contribute to the legacy. Uh, when I was in, when I was living in Nashville, I, I worked daily at Princess Hot Chicken. Um, the location on UN Lane was in existence at the time. Uh, we were scouting for additional locations while I was living there. I did a lot of the PR for my aunt Andre. I traveled with her. Uh, I coordinated a lot of her travel and uh, writing bios and standing on stage with her when she got awards. So uh, it's very much uh, a family kinship that will forever remain. Um, I talked to her about coming to Los Angeles and with her blessing, um, I went ahead and made that move. Now the name Hotville Chicken was of importance for us to create simply because there uh, are some additional uh, franchise opportunities that I wanted this brand to be able to explore that the family under the Prince name uh, wasn't considering. And so, the distribution with retail packaging and, um, mm-hmm. and there's you know seasonings and other things that I want to do and I felt like it would have uh, a little more stretch uh, I could have a further reach uh, by putting it under a different brand name and so mm-hmm. Highville came around came up with the name of Highville Chicken 
want to say 2015, and I started using that, doing catering under that name, and then we went ahead and formalized in 2016. Um, since 2016, Highville Chicken, I think the brand has definitely been able to hold true and hold up to the Prince family name. Uh, the legacy itself is just uh, an extended branch on the same tree. Uh, I tell the story because I can't divorce myself from who I am. I am a prince and sure. uh, I'm a direct descendant of those great greats who started it all. And I'm so, I would like to think that they're very proud of, uh, of our, of our um, decisions and some of the transitions that the brands have made. Uh, but we, we keep in touch with each other on a regular basis. <laughs> Uh, we definitely keep in touch with each other on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, it's just the, the Hotville moniker is something. We've got a food truck that's uh, ready. Uh, we're just getting artwork finalized to be wrapped on the truck. And that truck is going to be rolling out. And I'm excited about that. And I want to be able to take it and be able to tell the family story and do it all over the place. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, if, and if I can segue for it, let me put this little pin in there. Everybody else is 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 doing a lot of a lot of people are doing Nashville hot chicken, and and they don't have they don't they've never been to Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of they don't, rec they don't recognize where it came from. They don't they don't give any recognition to where it came yeah. from, and um, and I feel that and it's not to you know for us to get credit. I'm not even searching for credit i just think that it's important for people to understand the origins of food period. absolutely uh, yeah. know what it is know know how it's sourced uh, you know get educated on what you're putting in your body uh and then if it has a, a a cool story to attach to it that's you know that's a great selling piece and it's a great um, experience for your consumer so um i i'd like to take hotville and allow people to enjoy all things nashville that's another uh, reason why I came up with the word, the name Hotville Chicken, because uh, I wanted people to be able to take a trip to Nashville as yeah. well. And so I sell Nashville when you walk into Hotville. We're selling the cookbooks. We're selling, uh, I've got stuff on the walls and I hate that COVID has uh, kept people from actually coming into the dining room because we have stuff hanging on the walls that you could actually purchase. Um, it's kind of, I don't want it to look like a Cracker Barrel, but yeah. it's kind of like a place that I had in mind. If you're familiar with Cracker Barrels, it's a big mercantile store. It's like merchandise hanging from the ceiling and you can actually buy that stuff. And so mm -hmm. um, that's what Hotville is uh, slowly becoming. In our cabinets, uh, you, can sit in a, you can sit in a booth and look in a cabinet and actually say, hey, can I buy that? And you can. You know, there's a lot of little chat sheets type of stuff that we have around little chickens and things that people have bought for me um mm -hmm. you know, holidays are coming up and so people are starting to inquire and it's not just you know t-shirts and hot sauces and seasons that you can purchase or cookbooks that you can purchase but there's some other stuff in the cabinets that are from directly from nashville they're made in nashville and i pride myself on selling nashville to everybody uh let's talk about howlin ray I have a mad respect, mad respect. My family has a very fond respect for Johnny and Amanda at Howlin' Rays and the mm -hmm. crew. Uh, not just because they have shown love, uh, but they're passionate about the craft. Yeah. And they're so passionate about the craft 
that he, he felt the need to like, I need to share with other people where this comes from and why I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his, his journeys and his, him taking his team back to Nashville, he felt that it was important for them to understand why we fry the way we do. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that as a Prince family member. Um, is it important to go to Nashville if you fry Nashville hot chicken and you have it on your menu? Well, I would say yes. Any of your chefs, um, and this is not just dedicated Nashville hot chicken shacks or chicken shops. Um, these are restaurants, period, that have chefs in their kitchen creating dishes that are going to be called Nashville hot. Um, I think it's important for them to have an understanding of the oral traditions and why hot chicken is what it is. These, some of these places, that, you know, they, they do it because they know it's going to make money. They know it's going to draw a crowd. They hope to have a line wrapped around the corner. Yeah. We're in, a, in, a, in an age where you can't stand in line no more. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like it, it makes you kind of like dial back and say, okay, how can I best sell what I'm passionate about? Uh, this is not just, you know, throwing spice on fried chicken. That's not what natural hot chicken is. And, um, it, you know, I think the love that Johnny and Amanda at, at Hal and Ray's show for their stores is the same type of love that people get when you open the box, you feel it. Um, and, 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 and you can't, you can't shake that on fried chicken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. shake the love of what soul food is and comfort food. That's an essence, and it, and, it, and it comes in the way that you perform your craft. Um, and Johnny and Amanda have, have definitely been a benchmark, benchmark breakers. Um, they are, are, are trailblazers, I would say, of this new generation of restaurateurs to take Nashville Hot Chicken to a whole nother level. I always yeah. say that he revolutionized the game with that sandwich. He did. He revolutionized the Nashville hot game with a chicken sandwich. Now, in Nashville, we always called it a sandwich because they had two pieces of bread on the bottom. It was always called a sandwich. Uh, but when he created his chicken sandwich, I always heard about it. And I was at his grand opening and stuff, too. When he first opened his truck, I remember meeting him at, on Abbott Kenny, as a matter of fact. and. Uh, we we clicked right away. We clicked right away. We took pictures immediately, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we still you know kick it. We still uh, communicate with one another. Uh, you know, we check in on each other. There's you know random texts. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's Johnny. Oh, that's Amanda. You know, I love that we hear from them and, and they're hearing from us, which is what the community of Nashville Hot Chicken. That's another element yeah. that some places are missing because there's a community element that comes with it as well. So. Let's talk about um, how you decided to, to follow in your family's footsteps and continue with a, with a hot chicken restaurant. Well, what was the idea behind that? And kind of when did you decide to do that? Sure. Um, it was around 2013. Now, the family has always talked about expansion. Uh, I, I was a kid. I remember sitting at the dinner table listen to my father and my aunts all talk about the chicken shack and 
going further and broader with it. So it's always been on the family's mind to do more. Um, when my father started, we were living in Los Angeles area, and my dad would make Nashville hot chicken for friends and churches and different uh, groups. Uh, and then the festivals, it was something that we were always curious to see how people would react and respond to it. Of course, it got like a crazy review. Everybody loved it. And this was back in the 80s. Um, when I went off to college in the 90s, we would have my father make chicken for our friends and stuff, and people loved it. Um, it, it was uh, always in our mind to do it. Um, it's just a matter of resources and uh, the capital to be able to do so. Um, I learned around, it was around 2013 when I decided I was going to move back to LA. I was working in television production and, uh, and that, was, that was my career. And I was coming back to LA to work on a TV uh, project. <clears throat> and so in doing so, I remember talking to my aunt Andre about that, and she was like, you got my blessing. You're going to go west, so you can do Nashville Hot Chicken in L.A. Um, and that's when I decided I was going to jump into it with both feet. I decided to, we came up with the name Hotville Chicken. Um, and like 2015, I started doing it um, because I knew it was going to work. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about the fact that I was a prince. That didn't matter to me. I just knew that people were going to love the chicken. Yeah. And as I, as I worked on it, and it's, the recipe is not something that the family like says, here, here's a recipe book, and this is what it is. We don't do it that way. You learn through observation. You learn through figuring it out. You learn mm -hmm. through your senses. <laughs> your senses tell you when you're right, tell you uh, that, that you put too much salt in it. Your senses guide you into doing with exactly what I'm doing right now and so uh I, I was it wasn't written down uh, I had to figure it out I had to do a lot of uh work but I grew up on this stuff <laughs> so a lot of it I already knew um and when when I started putting the menu together to formalize what Hotville is now uh, I put a lot of attention on the sides more so than the chicken because I knew what I was doing with the chicken it's the rest of the menu that makes Hotville what it is. Um, you know, crafting the, the chicken sandwich was, was easy to do, but I utilized what I already had on my menu. The kale saw was there. We, uh, we got our mayo and started playing around and creating our spicy mayo sauce that goes on it. People walk in and say, hey, can I have some comeback sauce? And I was like, what's comeback sauce? I don't know what that hmm. means. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't. I had a lady ask me that yesterday, and I was like, I'm back, so I was like, what is that? And so I was like, oh, you need some spread? And she was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but we're always in, in our kitchen, and I have one of my main cooks. He's, he's, a, he's a great sauce maker. And so while we're in the kitchen, we play around with everything that's left over, because I don't like throwing stuff away. And so, you know, if I have eggs in the kitchen, we're, we're like scrambling eggs. We're doing like all kind of madness in the, in the kitchen. I call it the lab because we're creating something new and yeah. uh, introducing stuff to the menu that a lot of people don't even know are available. We do hot tacos. We do hot taquitos uh, sometimes. Uh, like, I mean, I mean I, we have banana pudding on our menu and, you know, and I'm caramelizing bananas and throwing spicy mouth sauce over it. You know, I'm like <laughs> always creating. And so, um, it's it's really fun, like the pecan pies that 
you know, I'm going to put hot stuff on everything. <laughs> I, I put a dash of cayenne pepper literally in everything. Uh, the mac and cheese, even though it doesn't have any cayenne sauce or in it, um, it has pepper jack cheese in it. And when we created that, it's, um, you know, it began to sell really, really well. So I have these amazing side items that go, or these southern fixings is what I like to call them, that go with our hot chicken as a great compliment to the meal that doesn't really need a compliment because hot chicken is what it is. Sure. And in 2013, when I made that move, I knew that I was like going to hit the target intentional about moving here, intentional about finding a location, even if it was a parking lot under a tent on a corner of seventh and figure road where it all started in 2016, I did a, food festival after that i went to feastly to do uh, this a group a platform called feastly um where um we were in the arts district and i would do dinners there on the weekend and then it became like a saturday sunday thing and then i did them on tuesdays and whenever i could uh when i wasn't at work i would make hot chicken and it was just a matter of time to find the right location um come forward all the way to 2019 we finally found a building that happened to be in a neighborhood that needed a restaurant like hotville yeah uh, we're right here in the Baldwin hills crenshaw district um i say that this area is like a food desert because the food offerings are most mainly franchises of yeah. fast food and uh there was no better timing no better place for us to open up Hotville than right down the street from where I live, right mm -hmm. down the street from where I worship, right down the street from where I shop, right down the street from where my daughter goes to school. I am in my own community. And yeah. Nashville Hot Chicken, Hotville Chicken, and what we're doing as a business and as a brand for the community that I live in, um, it makes sense for it to be this circle of influence and i rather give back to my to where i live um, if i was in nashville we would be doing the same thing in nashville princess hot chicken is a community chicken shack it gives yeah. back to the community that it's in and i learned that over the years and it's something that i'll never stop doing um we give chicken away all the time here uh not that i can give it away to everybody but that's that's a big big piece of what we do here and so um, uh, the other cool thing about where I am is Debbie Allen's dance studio is right next door to me well I used to dance for Debbie Allen back in 1999 <laughs> and so um, when I first was coming out of school and I moved to LA area I was working for um, the Walt Disney Company at the time and I started dancing and as well, I uh, have a dance background, but I did a dance project for Debbie Allen and now we're neighbors <laughs> right here at the mall. So I think that, you know, it was just divinely appointed. Uh, sure. It was the winds were, were destined to bring me to this very place and time. And uh, it, it's, it's important for me to do what I can and carry this torch while I'm able to so I can pass it on to the next generation behind me. My daughter works in this restaurant. My nephews work in this restaurant. My twin sister, my older brother, 
they all work right here at Highville. And that's the same thing that all of us had to do when we were in Nashville too. Uh, and, and it's something that we, as a family, find very important uh, to maintain that bond. Uh, that's what people get when they walk out of our store. They, they, they get the Prince family love and legacy in a brown paper sack <laughs> yeah. uh, to take home with them. That was something that we noticed, um, or not noticed, but discovered when we were reviewing your place a few weeks ago is all of these Hotville chicken places in Los Angeles, all obviously we know Hotville chicken has African-American roots. That's where it was started. And none of these hot Nashville places are in any of the African-American communities in LA. It's all Hollywood and downtown. And we were like, that, that, like, that was also something that we kind of like, we're happy that you were able to not only, you know, find a spot in LA, but find a spot in a community that you, like you said, is a food desert. It doesn't have the, the authentic Nashville hot chicken that they should like, you know, people from that community shouldn't have to drive an hour in LA traffic to get hot, hot chicken, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's great that you were able to do that. I'm glad you're happy with that area and you found a building that worked for you. So that's great. Yeah. You know, um, let, let me share with you guys a little bit about Doolin Soul Food. My business partner is Greg Doolin. Have y'all ever heard of Doolin Soul Food? I've not, no. Okay. Have you ever heard of Aunt Kitty's Back Porch? No. Wow. Okay. Take you on a journey. Yeah. Uh, Educate another us. Un another unique thing about Hot Bill Chicken is the fact that uh, back in January, January 21st, 2017, was the Women's March in downtown Nashville downtown LA. Mm -hmm. On that same day, I had a line of like 300 people lined up outside of my pop-up waiting for us to open that same day. Uh, Eater had written this article about Nashville Hot Chicken, this loyal chicken family was doing hot chicken in LA. That was about my pop-up. And Greg Dillon was one of those people standing in that line for about an hour and a half because he read this article He's interested about hot chicken. Gets in line. He never makes it to the front door. It's sold out. Um, <laughs> it wasn't poor planning. I had, I had a lot of chicken. I just didn't know that I was going to have 300 people to stand in the same hour. Yeah. So I didn't know that was going to happen because all my previous pop-ups, you know, we had good numbers, but we didn't have 300 people. It's like me sending 100 people to your house right now. Can you feed them in an hour? No. <laughs> And so, um, anyway, Greg Doolin, who owns Doolin Soul Food, has uh, been in the Crenshaw District area for almost four decades now with Soul Food Restaurant. His family has two other Doolin Soul Food Kitchen restaurants here in Los Angeles, one in Wood. So, long-time restaurateurs who do crazy soul food, like really do stuff. Uh, so one wonderful thing about that that he happened to be in my line and he reached out and I took him to Nashville because he wanted to see is Princess Chicken really what everybody's saying it is? I was like, yeah, people wait in line for three hours. When we came back to LA, uh, I continued to do pop-ups and he watched me struggle with those pop-ups. Struggle because I didn't have a permanent place. Uh, he said, you know what's even more interesting about Hot Bill Chicken? It's the fact that 
majority of your customer base doesn't look like you. He was right. From 2016 all the way up to about 2019, the majority of all the fans and all the love that came to Hotville Chicken Pop-Up did not look like me. They were mm-hmm. of other ethnic groups. And I was grateful. I wasn't just trying to target the African-American community like where Princess Hot Chicken was started. But mm-hmm. ironically enough, the black community in Los Angeles never heard of Princess Chicken. They didn't know a national high chicken. They didn't. They never heard of Howlin' Rays. A lot of people I found out they didn't know what Howlin' Rays was. And so we decided that it was of utmost importance for us to seek out a location in our own. We pitched the national high chicken concept to them. They bought into it. They said yes right away. September 2019, I signed the lease. Um, what we're doing here at the Ball and Hills Crenshaw Mall is crucially important for the community. Um, the mall itself is an economic engine uh, for an area that definitely needs it. Um, our brand of chicken service is community-minded, and um, we reach out to the schools and other nonprofit organizations that, were, that are within walking distance of the restaurant. Uh, and, and it pays back in a way, it gives back the business in a way that can't quantify with dollar sign. Does that make sense? Uh, I say all that to say that I do this just not to make. Of course, I want the business to thrive. Of course, I want to see my employees uh, gainfully employed and successful in their next steps and whatever decisions they make for their lives. But I want the business to be a beacon for the community. And that's really important yeah. to me. Uh, I, I, I spend a lot of energy getting out to make sure that I'm meeting the right people. Uh, Hotville has been here for a year at this location, just a year. Uh, and, and it's been a challenging year. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember over the summer when the protest went right by my restaurant. Hundreds of people marching right past my restaurant, right in front of us. We took our aprons off and we stood out on the porch and we watched. We waved and we rallied in solidarity. And then we got back in the kitchen and we kept on frying chicken because <laughs> I said, All those people are about to come right back down here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> a protest in Lamert Park. And the beautiful thing is, they were every rainbow that you can think of. Yeah. Every color spectrum of humanity was in this restaurant. They were on the doorstep. They were eating in the parking lot during a pandemic. So, um, you know, it's like I, I, I get excited. I'm passionate about what we're doing um, and why we do it for the time that we can do it. I say that because it's important to do with what you have while you have it. Because you don't know how long you're going to have it. Yeah. You know, tomorrow ain't promised to y'all. You don't know if you're going to get up and breathe the next day. You don't know that. Yeah. So do the best that you can, and you work as hard as you can while you can. So what's the future of Hotville Chicken for you? What are your your goals, or what are the plans that you have uh, going forward into 2021, which hopefully will be a better year than 2020? Woo! <laughs> Your sake and my sake, I need 21 to be way better than 20. 
But I ain't gonna complain about 2020. 2020 has been all right, by uh, in my book, it's been all right. It's, it's been challenging. Sure. It's been all right, and I'm glad that you know everybody's been able. To, those who, who have been able to stay healthy have, and that's something that we endeavor to. So in 2021, the future of Hodville, uh, we're gonna stay healthy. Uh, we're gonna keep our doors open. Uh, we're gonna stay in compliance. That's tough to do, but we're going to stay in compliance. Whether we have people sit down at our tables inside or outside ever again, I don't know. We're going to remain in compliance and keep frying chicken uh, at this location. Uh, the future is we are scouting for additional locations. And I am looking for, to, I'm, I am looking at other parts of not just the city of LA, but even outside the county of LA, uh, meaning North California, Las Vegas, uh, Texas, even. I say those particular places because that's where I have a family members who are interested in this. And uh, as a family, we are collaborating with one another to roll out additional hospital chicken in those areas. So hopefully, uh, we'll have maybe one or two, maybe three at the most, more hot meals in Los Angeles area. I did mention food truck earlier. Uh, the food truck is taking shape. It's completely done. We're just getting the artwork wrapped on the outside and it will be on the road uh, in a matter of weeks. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's the fun thing uh, that we've been able, you know, it's, we the food truck was was happening uh, right at the same time that we opened in December of 2019. The food truck was in, it was in the process. We just didn't talk about it. And so with Doolin, we are partnering and we have a, a, a co-branded truck. So oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Two menus on one truck to be nice, uh, but yeah, Doolin Soul Food. Greg Doolin is an amazing restaurant tour. Has been around for a long time. Has big time clout in the Crenshaw district because of his restaurant being here for so long. But he knew the temperature of the water here, which was something that was necessary for somebody like me coming to see. That was important for me to meet him because. He had resources, access that I did not have. He knew who I needed to meet for to make this particular drink work. And so I'm grateful to him, his family, for their longtime legacy of being in the restaurant, uh, in the restaurant business. It's very rare to see African American families in the restaurant industry thrive as long as the Prince Dewan family has. That's a yeah. totally separate. That's a totally separate subject uh, and a, a long story to tell about two different families merging together to support one another and build a brand entity. That's uh, amazing. You got to go, go to Doolin. Yeah, I know. We, do they have tenders? They don't have tenders. They don't have tenders. Well, um, we, we, ju we just started doing a Wing Wednesday special episode so that we can try the bone in places more. Um, oh. so if, so we can, yeah, we can definitely add them to the list. Doolin's. Yeah. You should, you should go to Doolin's and get you some bonafide soul food fried chicken wings. I would yeah. highly recommend that. I would highly recommend that. Well, we'll take your recommendation for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm and a, glad I'm a, fried, I'm a fried chicken snob. So. I mean, I, yeah, I, I would say as you should be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a long list. Places to give you, they're like, Where else can I get fried chicken? Oh, my list is not long, it's about this big. <laughs> Places that I would recommend for people to go get fried chicken. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, 
we're glad that you were able to navigate this challenging year. Uh, we're glad that you're still thriving. You're staying positive about it. And, uh, you know, we wish you continued success. And um, we hope to maybe have you on. Maybe we can actually go to Doolin's together once the pandemic is over. You could be our guest for that episode. Then we don't have to worry about headphones or anything because you can, you can right. maybe do it in person at that, that time. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at Michael's red uh, mic, and I'm like, how come, how come Eric didn't have a mic? Oh, he's got one. It's, it's here. It's just out of frame. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. a professional. He right. Okay. No. <laughs> sure. Um, so, where can people um, order Hotville Chicken? Sure, you can order Hotville Chicken. You can call us at three two three seven nine two four eight three five to do a phone in order, or you. If you live within like a 15 mile radius of our location, you can order through Postmates exclusively for delivery or customer pickup through Postmates. That's the only place I have my online menu, postmates.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for being on. Do you have, well, do you want to plug uh, your social media handles as well? At Hotville Chicken, real simple. H-O-T-V-I-L-L-E Chicken, Hotville Chicken on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you. It was really great speaking to you. Uh, it was an honor. I'm glad we got to hash through so much uh, For real, on this yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's so cool. This was everything we're so talking about. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Week two cool. of Chef Month. Uh, you can follow us at Tender Friends Pod on Instagram, Tender Friends on Twitter. And we will be back next week with not a chef, but a food writer for LA Times, the fried chicken queen of Los ah! Angeles. Miss Jen yeah. Harris is joining us. Um, yeah. you've, been, you've been on her show before, Kim. Yes. She loves you. Yeah, we, 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 we did talk about you a little bit as well. Uh, she loves you. We already recorded that episode. Um, oh, man. But yeah, right. we're excited for that one to drop. Well, it was great talking to you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Y'all. Take care. Tender friends.